Welcome to yet another edition of PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Kivumbi. Thank you so much for taking the time to actually join me on this particular podcast. There's a relation between the last two episodes and this episode. They were all recorded in the same evening. I've been having a creative fever and I mentioned it in the first one of these three. And this creative fever required to be addressed poignantly. By addressing it poignantly, I figured it would actually allow me the chance to actually rest my head knowing I did a good enough job of proving that I can get my thoughts aligned. And I'm not only testing myself to see how my mind would work under certain certain conditions that are created, but also I'd like to see how my mind would work based upon when you're overwhelmed with ideas. I'd like to be very direct in that which I say. In this episode, I'd like to touch on a topic that is closely related to the last episode in the sense of how we look at the downtrodden and and the disenfranchised. I have been noticing, based upon the different clips I'm seeing of uh, news all over the world, and I am very grateful to documentary series that come out from different news networks across the globe because they give me perspective in seeing how certain parts of the world function. Now, the one I was watching recently was an episode of Frontline by PBS and Frontline was touching on uh, Mohammed bin Suleiman, the crown prince of uh, Saudi Arabia and the concerns they have about him taking the life of uh, uh, a journalist who has always spoken openly about his concerns or his belief in the royal system that exists in Saudi Arabia and when I was looking at that particular episode I was I, I, I noticed something that was completely unrelated to that which he was speaking on but it, it hinted at it there is massive unemployment in that side of the world around people under the age of 30 and I look at my country Kenya and there's also massive unemployment and, uh, for people under the ages of 30 and I'm looking at the United States where there's countless people who are able to make great successes and great strides between the ages of 20 and 30 and everything because that country has already found a way where anybody could get the chance to be a multi-millionaire or a multi-successful person now I know I said multi-millionaire and I'd, I'd hate to draw it back to the fiscal but lately in the world we live in right now the definition of wealth is born from how much do you have fiscally money is what dictates that which is uh success in most people's eyes it's the same situation here and we're a global village so we can actually attest to the fact that all these things are kind of related and the reason why i I bring this up is because when you look at these particular parts of the world and the kind of leadership that they're experiencing the kind of leadership that they're actually going through it makes you think are we not looking at this properly by having a disenfranchised mass youth the leader who tries to take over the space tries to be charismatic tries to be a reformer tries to be uh, a person who will either defend to the hilt or he requires a war to show that he actually has strength now the whole act of war and showing that you're actually strong in times of war was also used during the time when Vladimir Putin was trying to get into power after his attempt of uh, being uh, a leader in in parliament and stuff like that because I know from documentaries that I've watched and I probably need to find documentation to actually read and back this but I've watched like two three documentaries and the pattern of the story hasn't changed so we're going to go with that so these are all alleged but this is what I'm, I've seen from those particular issues away from Saudi Arabia let's go to Russia for a second uh, Vladimir Putin at the age of I think he was 17 or younger went to the KGB offices and asked if he could be recruited when he asked to be recruited they told him he was too young he probably should go study the particular language uh, particular languages and uh, the law and then come back to study under uh, the training of the KGB to see if he could serve the KGB 
he was on the german side of the soviet side of the berlin wall when the berlin wall fell he was unhappy with the results of the berlin wall falling but then when he returned home disenfranchised by the uh, the, the fall of the berlin uh, of, of the berlin wall and the fall of the soviet union and seeing the pillaging and plundering that was taking advantage of by people being introduced to having copious amounts of money and no supreme leader at the top he watched people use the material that they have very very carelessly that part quick digression before we go back to the story does it not remind you of the time when for those who remember when the, the supreme should i say in quotes the supreme leader who was the second president of the republic of kenya left office a lot of people became super wealthy thereafter and i think it's the reason why we had an abundance that came thereafter and a lot of wealth come into the country as a result of that and since then we've had multi-millionaires coming just popping up every every single time of the year and since then the disenfranchisement has become even worse because the industrialism is not being served because the money that's supposed to be used to build infrastructure so the country continues to grow is being held in different bank accounts across the world we have our own version of oligarchs now back to the vladimir story after the fall of the berlin war he moved back into st petersburg his information was still used by a lot of people because he was he was a person who they considered reliable because he was reliable certain leaders asked to have them in uh, to have him in their corner he helped uh, a certain individual who was a lecturer become mayor of St Petersburg by helping him become the mayor of St Petersburg he'd use the, the press machine that that was around the, the mayor to actually also boost up his credentials as far as being the guy who tried to help during the the starvation that was happening in the country and the, the, the food insecurity that was happening in the country but even the food that was brought in was stolen and pillaged and plundered because whenever freedom comes after a supreme leader greed really takes precedent over a lot of things now when it came time for the, the the former mayor to be put to judgment he defended the the former mayor and through his loyalty he helped make sure that that guy left the country without actually facing judgment or facing prison time in any way shape or form now that proved to the daughter of the then president of russia uh boris yeltsin's daughter that he could be trusted to pass information and protect those who he takes care of so they tried to bring him into the circle nobody knows who this guy is so they made him prime minister for a short time and as a prime minister because boris yeltsin was failing in health and he still a lot of people around the world were trying to give sanctions to the country russia to help uh, stop them from being so aggressive uh, as far as the corruption was concerned vladimir putin was then custom made and tailor made to become the leader of the country they had to make a marketing scream come around that and make him look good now what he had to do was face a certain war and i, I don't know if it was in the ukraine but it was somewhere near their borders a war popped up because apparently there was a form of terrorism that took place and a certain building was blown up and they pointed the finger at a certain country and that country ended up being attacked and because he was strong in that leadership of that particular war he ended up becoming even more famous and ended up becoming president he's now in his 60s still president and based upon how he did that and he, and he put sanctions and he put people down who were op opposing to him that worked in his favor now in the dynamic that i'm trying to put across as far as the concerns we have with leadership and the young disenfranchised young people who are disenfranchised know one thing and one thing only we all want to have a leader who will actually take care of all of us by giving us a fighting chance we don't want to be given a handout we want a fighting chance but some of us do want the handout because it just means we get a soft blow uh, to the problem we're facing and we don't have to do any heavy lifting to actually get that done is that not the truth 
soft blows just so we can make sure everybody's happy and then after we have those soft blows we keep taking our hands out to get a handout from this particular individual not to have you able to take care of yourself because once you're able to take care of them yourself they don't they don't matter anymore and they will always hold you back because they want to make sure they stay in a position where they always matter think about it along those lines a person who wants you to stay on for lack of a better phrase to stay on their tit and be loyal beyond measure is a person who wants you to always be subject to them and when you come from a world where you actually seen how supreme leaders conduct themselves and then the, the supreme leader disappears it makes you question what is wrong with the generation that came into power in the 1990s and in the late 80s and i started thinking about the different war documentaries i've been watching think about this for example in the current age we exist in right now, be it in the work free, workspace, be it in government bureaucracies, in any bureaucracy that exists in any field that you enjoy or love or you're passionate about, there are individuals in those fields who finally have reached a point where they're enjoying the successes and, and eating the fruits of their labor. But because the fruits came late, they don't want to leave or share. As a result, the different fields suffer they end up having a stalemate where there's no new ideas to rejuvenate that which existed before and there's no new waves to actually make people be even better at what they do. The whole country suffers or the whole field suffers as a result of that. Many leaders across the globe who have become dictators who stay in power way too long or they're trying to monopolize the power that they control always forget that the one thing that they cannot fight, they cannot corrupt, they cannot really step away from is time and age we are all inevitably going to get older. And as we inevitably get older, you will also automatically leave the space. Now, because that problem of that bureaucracy and the different forms of politics that are suffering because these individuals did not want to train anyone, it ends up becoming a problem because those same individuals have to be dragged back into the workspace, which is probably what they wanted in the first place, in order to run the office the way they want it to be run. New ideas are not welcome because the new ideas are also born from a space where we've seen it work in a certain way, but we've seen it from outside. We don't know how the inner work is, workings go. All those nooks and crannies, we don't know how those things work. We don't know how to actually question, how to actually uh, contemplate or how to actually build or mold that which is supposed to happen next. And because of that, we end up suffering in general. I always feel sorry for people who get into a field and they feel like they should monopolize that field. I had those fears initially. And I remember how I felt when my heroes did not treat me with the respect that I deserved or I felt I, 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 that I had earned. And I, I saw, I caught myself one time doing the very same thing. And it's why in some cases I have actually feel like I owe certain people apologies for what I did or how I conducted myself. There's been two or three occasions this year where I spoke to somebody in such a rude way because I felt like they weren't respecting the fact that I was this guy who had been in the field longer than they have. But then I remembered, they don't owe me that. I need to earn that. Regardless of how I feel about this person, I may not like your face, I may not like how you carry yourself, but I owe you the respect you deserve because you do not know me because I failed in a certain part of what I do. And because I failed in that part of what I did, I owe you an apology because I shouldn't have put you in a position where you felt you had to buck up your chest and feel like you need to defend yourself. So for those individuals, I know I haven't met you all in person, but I've met one or two again and I am glad I got to apologize to their faces. I'm glad I got to do that. I'm glad I got to say that I was wrong. But I also do that because I feel when they need me to come give the advice they require, 
if they require it at all. I'm in a better position to even be heard. I cannot dictate to a person who comes from a different region about how the music industry works because I personally have been in the fringes of the music industry. I, I wasn't in the music industry per se, but I've played a part alongside it. I'm still trying to learn how to work the music industry. If there's one thing I'd like to know is how I could potentially make the music and have full capital control of that which I create in order to be able to go out into the world after the fact of my retirement and have the people who come after me, my next of kin, should they be kids that I'm blessed with when the time comes, or my siblings' kids who I would like to also put under the list of people who would inherit from what I create. Give the kids a fighting chance in that which they they get to have. And I'm willing to ask questions because I know I don't have the solutions. I know I don't have the answers. I'm clueless in how I would even start touching on those particular topics. So to better serve the world that I enjoy, the music that I enjoy, the art that I enjoy, what I'll do is not carry forward the mistakes that came before me. And I'm sure I've made a podcast before that kind of touches on this particular topic. I'm always on forward movement. I never really revisit a topic unless I feel the topic hasn't really been uh, addressed as best as it could be or I feel like there's more I can add to that particular topic. And so I feel like the expectations we have with those who came before us was them to be well, welcoming and more forward thinking. But clearly they don't have that. And I'm not going to impose them on them the, the responsibility of making sure that they could give us something close to that. What I will do instead is move forward and better myself as they learn how to better themselves. Because they, they probably don't know any better. They've been given the chance to actually make a big enough impact in this globe and in this planet. And they chose not to do it and because they chose not to do it we all suffered as a result of it and we continue to suffer because these are the circumstances that exist take for example the kind of esteem issues that they may have had from the vietnam war and um, the second world war and uh, for us the mau mau rebellion and the colonialism that existed and having the highlands be taken in a certain way and the because they still have PTSD based upon those particular experiences, we have to suffer in the current age based upon that. It's only been a couple of years since we've been independent as a country. I mean, the country is barely 60 years old. And because it's barely 60 years old, we're still figuring ourselves out. The children of the founding fathers and the guys who actually collaborated are still around. And some of them are smart enough to better themselves and better how they treat people who who live around them. They learned how to coexist with us and to build because they knew it was more than that which was there before them. But the ones I actually hold some stuff against are the ones who want to maintain the status quo. By trying to maintain the status quo, we all suffer because you think you're above everybody else and that is flawed. It's very flawed thinking. By doing that to yourself and doing that to everybody who potentially could have been looking up to you or being taken care of you, you end up failing above and beyond. Maybe we should try to not do that to ourselves. Maybe we should try and just sit down and accept the fact that certain circumstances have happened, certain turn of events have happened, and then we move forward from there. You can't give a person a vision for the future if you haven't given them the basis of what the present could potentially be. We are now a globe that suffers in many cases to have a small group of people who are controlling and, and, and wielding of all the wealth that could actually happen in in the globe and the masses are people who do not have any of these particular things in the in, in, in arms reach or even the fighting chance to actually get the opportunities to make something of themselves and with those kind of circumstances and those kind of cards dealt would you not resent that which is in front of you that flaunts what they have and the break off of that situation is i feel 
the more they keep on trying to oppress the masses on what is happening the more i feel like this should have changed by now and the way i feel like it should have changed is because information is so accessible we choose to not have that information but i also don't want to talk big game and act like the people who exist in those particular jobs are evil or those particular bureaucracies are evil i get it you didn't get the chance to do it when it was your time to be young and control and then you finally got control and then time is coming to catch up with you and now you feel like you want to be kicked out of the game and you haven't even started playing the game in the first place i know countless people one of my closest friends also told me this that they're suffering at their workplace because the bosses they have feel insecure because even though they've been in that field longer younger people are coming in with even more qualifications and more effective ways of doing that job and they make their positions compromised because the advantage that person has my friend that is the advantage they have is not only practical skills from the actual field but youth youth is a threat and because youth is a threat they keep maintaining certain status quos it's why when you look at let's say political parties trying to find parliamentary leaders and parliamentary advisors they do not groom people to take over after they're gone they try to cap that and keep it lower than everybody else that's why i love the story of um, pierre tahaka and his uncle pierre was the was the leader of the nubian kingdom in in sudan allegedly and he's the guy who was the military leader who took over egypt allegedly in a war in a place called Gideon and the world they said the world was coming to an end when that war happened they called it Armageddon I may be making this up but I'm probably just paraphrasing what I heard and please check me if I'm, I'm doing this wrong and let me know the actual facts because I, I, I read this story ages ago on a National Geographic article and I, have, I haven't revisited it in quite some time I just took that which I got from there when Pierre was too old to rule he peacefully passed power to his brother because his son was too young his brother led the country and after the brother led the country and then the young man came of age tahaka tahaka took over the kingdom and tahaka was the guy who is even written in the bible as tutmos the third now the interesting thing about that story and it's just hit me as i'm saying this it kind of translates to a black panther comic series that was done sometime in the 2000s where the king had, had been assassinated and after the king was assassinated the, the, the brother took over power and according to the, the the wakanda traditions you have to fight to actually get the mantle of king because that's how they believe the leadership should be in, in wakanda it's all meritocracy the royal family can be can, can be cast aside but not cast aside per se but it just moved to other quarters and retirement and all that as far as the bloodline is concerned when a different guy wins the war and when he wins that fight he becomes the leader of the of the nation wakanda so it's an equal nation as far as that is concerned when i hear the story of pierre and his son his son tahaka that's the first thing i think about merit is why he got up there and also the lineage that he comes from a bit of both was infiltrated into the black panther comic book and a bit of both needs to, it needs to be something we consider we would like to make things that are wealthy enough and successful enough that we can pass to the next generation but if you are also trying to keep up with the kardashians as, i'm using it as, as a freeze if you're also trying to play ball with the same people you're trying to pass the mantle to then what are we doing are you willing to loosen your grip a little bit and invite us also to eat at the same table or maybe to even contribute with the ingredients that are put to make the meal for the table consider that 
this one episode i really encourage you to actually share with people who are older than you and and have them really marinate on it i'd love this episode to be passed to so many of your friends that it turns into a debate that you guys use because we have to address this we have to address the fact that yes power exists but the people who have power right now are so insecure about sharing it or losing it or having it be inherited by somebody else say it with me be caesar or be nothing at all thank you so much for taking the time to listen and as always uno